Hello everyone and welcome to Flawless, a music podcast, in case you are in the wrong place. My name is George and I'm joined by my two co-hosts, Liam. Hello everybody. And Grant. Hello music fans. Music fans, love it. Hello. Each episode, one of the hosts or a guest nominates an album they think is flawless and we talk about why they love it and what they love about it. And at the end, we decide if we agree unanimously if it's flawless. Good point. We have a Facebook group called Flawless Friends and Family, which will be in our show notes. We also have a Patreon that you can back us from as little as $1 a month. And no matter how much you back us for, we will eventually get to our special bonus episodes. <laughs> and you can find us at <laughs> patreon.com slash flawlessamp, standing for a music podcast. We now also have joined the cool kids over at Clubhouse. Haven't we just? I know, we are the coolest kids. you two. Okay, we're the coolest kids. <laughs> town right Tuesday and we have a, a regular night. live chat on a tuesday night at 8 p.m australian eastern standard time as part of the australian music industry group so come and find us on there chat to us about our episode and also albums or artists that you deem are flawless how was that liam what a great, great intro most of the chats so far are like 30 seconds on the album that we covered in the episode and then it's like, okay, everyone, tell us your flawless albums and then people are telling us stuff that we've never heard of before. I know, so it's I've got awesome. a list of a whole bunch of things yeah. that I should both <laughs> should and should not listen to. Yeah. Um, there have been some very controversial things that have been come up, mm-hmm. uh, but that's fine. But today, it's not just the three of my co-hosts as standard, we have a freaking guest. Yes, we do. We Would do. thou introduce thyself, oh guest? I shall. <laughs> wow. Hello, my name is Bianca. Thank you so much for having me. So I call myself an interdisciplinary arts worker. So I've worked in, well, not worked in loads of bands, played in loads of bands. Working implies you get paid. (laughs) Played in loads of bands. I'm a zine maker. I've organized all sorts of music and arts festivals and events, including stuff for Melbourne Music Week. I've taught many different kinds of zine or music-related youth workshops. I've worked at a record label, management company, and I currently sing and play drums in a band called Rival Territory. Female drummer! <laughs> Sorry, um, okay. And do you have an, ep- an EP coming out? Uh, it came out last month. There we go. Yes. So awesome. check that out. Yep. Okay, so um, you said you had a zine. Yes. What's your zine about? What's it called? So my zine's called Rut Zine, and Rut Zine celebrated its 200th issue in February. <gasps> Good. Nice. So it's been going on for a little bit of time, mm-hmm. and it is a per zine, which is short for personal zine, so it's just a zine about me. Nice. Cool. Okay. Do which you is draw, a lot more interesting, I promise. Do you draw and write? <laughs> no, you, just writing. Just writing. Yeah. That's very exciting. So where can people find out more? Um, so you can get my zine at a zine distro called Small Zine Volcano, and mm-hmm. if you go to smallzinevolcano.bigcartel.com. Luke will kindly package you up a bunch of zines and send them to you at postage cost. Sweet. And we love a zine. We Mm, love a zine. I I, I remember making a zine back in the day and then getting too nervous and then I never published it anywhere. I never even took it to any of like my punk DIY gigs or anything. I was like, I don't want people to understand me. (laughs) um, Yeah. So it had a mixture of like poetry recipes and all sorts of stuff in it. And it was just like, yeah, but I never did. So that would have been a per zine. I would read your zine. You'd read my Zine. You could like I'll, I'll start a blog and you can just read that instead. <laughs> no, uh, only zine. Live so, coming only out. zine. Huh? <laughs> Gotta be in the hand. So as we have a guest, a delightful Bianca, um, you have nominated an album for this episode. Please, can you announce the album name and title for us? So I have nominated High Violet by the American band The National. 
So uh, the National are originally from Cincinnati, Ohio, but they formed themselves properly in Brooklyn, New York, because that's where all the kids go to form their bands. And they consist of Nat Berniger on vocals, Aaron Dessner on guitar, piano, keyboards, Bryce Dessner, guessing I related, guitar, piano, keyboards, Scott Devendorf on bass, and Brian Devendorf on drums, also guessing they're related. Both pairs of brothers. Yeah. Pair of brothers. And Bryce yeah. and, yeah. and it's the Aaron band of twins. Because we've done cousins before, haven't mm-hmm. we, with Kid Sam? But yeah. yeah there's, and, and we've done um, divorcees with the yeah. White Stripes. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Now we the have... White Stripes might be. Yeah. <laughs> you say all the cool kids go, I think they're all in like their 30s when they yes. formed a band. Mm-hmm. They definitely weren't the cool kids. Yeah, they were like dads going to New York trying to be cool kids and finding each other and doing. So all the pictures I've seen are unironic beards. Yes, Yes. no, they're they're all dads. Okay, that's cool. Intentional. Um, Yeah. So this is the fifth studio album by The National, Mm -hmm. um, and I would like to know from our guest why, of all their many studio albums, did you pick High Violet? Mm. So controversially. Their previous album, Boxer, is actually my favorite album of theirs. Woo! But I don't it's, think wow. it's flawless. I think it has higher Ooh. highs and lower lows. And mm-hmm. I didn't want to risk it with the lower lows. Lower whereas lows. So this is a percentage <laughs> play? Yes. Oh, <laughs> okay. wow. Totally strategic. Sure. You're such a gambler. Okay. Yeah, I love this. But to me, High Violet is, you know, on Boxer and Alligator, the one prior to that, there's songs I pick out and listen to, yes. whereas High Violet is my album. I sit down and I listen to this whole album. I don't pick and choose songs. Uh-huh. I don't start it without finishing end it. To it's end to end. to end. Done. Nice. So that's why you picked this particular album. So uh, when did you get into The National? So I came across The National at some point in 2010, I want to say. So mm-hmm. around the time this album must have been released, I used to regularly frequent a webcomic called Questionable Content. I don't know if there's any fans <laughs> yep. here. That's, that a, cool, that's yes. a cool title. Yes. It's a good comic. I like wow. that one. So nice. they had a You've heard of it. music I, I forum. It religiously. Really? And this is on their music forum, they had this thread of where people would illegally upload new releases of cool indie bands. And I would religiously download every single one of those bands. And that's how I got into bands like Broken Social Scene and <gasps> Fire and Spoon mm-hmm. and just that whole, you know. Stop it. I'm taking <laughs> yeah. you home. <laughs> we are home. We are yeah. home. Keeping um, it. <laughs> I'm keeping you. I'm keeping you. So that's how I came across The National. And it was when they released High Violet. So it was at some point in 2010. I can't quite remember when. Mm-hmm. But the, the year is good enough. The year is I mean, good that's, enough. That's yeah. impressive still. In okay. And I've learned so much about you two already. What? <laughs> Questionable content. Yeah. yeah. And cool. the National are an interesting band for me because on paper, they're not a band that I should like. Mm-hmm. They're five middle-aged white men who play like overly produced cinematic rock music. Might be rock. 
Yeah. Like and somber. Like the, these are not happy people. They call it right? sad bastard music. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? It is sad bastard music. It is sad well, bastard thank you for music. saying it because I was <laughs> the first guy to go, You have geez. the cute American accent, but I'm like sad bastard. <laughs> and you're like sad, sad bastard. bastard. Sad so it's bastard. interesting that it's a band that has really stuck with me because, you know, there's not a woman in the band. So mm. it's just like, oh, there's what a are you guys doing there? There's a backing vo- a female backing vocalist in the band. Mm. I think it's um, Matt's wife tends to do the backing vocals. Yeah, she writes some of the songs and stuff with yeah. him as well. Marla Hansen, I've got but, vocals on here. Yeah, on the Wikipedia entry, there was a list of like 30 people who'd done 20 fucking six. Yeah, who like... <laughs> 26 so, people who were involved in Including yeah. Sofiane Stevens, yes. for Christ's sake. And Bonnie mm. Vare. And Bonnie Vare. And Bonnie yeah. Vare. There we go. So yeah, so the three that I wrote down... So it came out on 4AD and... Um, yeah, Sofiane Stevens. No, he's not. Uh, Richard Reed Parry from Arcade Fire plays some stuff on one of the songs. And then Bonnie Verge does some stuff on one of the songs. And they're both on 4AD as well. So they basically just got a bunch of people who are around the same label. with their record label and said, hey, come in and do. And I got the feeling it's like for one song. Like mm-hmm. they did, no one did lots of stuff for the entire album. It was mm-hmm. more just like, hey, you're around today. Do you want to come in and harmonize with me on this one song? And But the Wikipedia didn't list that. It was just like, here's a, here's a list of people. So it charted well. Mm-hmm. Australia 29, Austria 20, Belgium 3, Canada 2, um, Denmark 2, uh, Netherlands 23, Finland 9, France 29, Germany 10, Greece 4, Ireland 3, New Zealand 5, Norway 12, Spanish 78, <laughs> Swedish <laughs> 5, uh, Switzerland 14, UK 5, US Billboard overall 3, but US Billboard Top Rock number 1. Mm-hmm. So wow. they already had a name for themselves. They've gone gold in the UK, Denmark, Canada, and Belgium. So on this for album, album. Okay. yeah, for this album. And so, then Blood Buzz Ohio was in the hottest 100 on Triple J at number 31, wow. and Anyone's Ghost was at 93. Oh wow! Which was I knew Blood Buzz Ohio was in there. I was surprised to find out that Anyone's Ghost was in there. But yeah, yeah, that is they, surprising. Yeah, they they did stuff. It was big, a big year for them. So yeah, so they've done a lot of stuff. Um, 2010, um, Grant, um, the National. We just skip. We just, we just told, we just, we just told you all the charts there, and you must have heard them. You weren't keeping track of the Belgian charts. Yeah, I was like, oh, the Flemish. They did really, they really liked it, didn't they? They were one. That's like one European place I did not mention. Um, (laughs) So the Flemish. Yeah, well, too bad. Um, No, never heard of them. Never heard of the National. I wouldn't have. No. You'd not tripped Couldn't, over the national. Had never tripped over the national. But again, this is even at 2010. Yeah, but since then. Even. No. Okay. Well, I think the national so, are an interesting band. They can do something like sell out the Sydney Opera House. But mm-hmm. most, I could see people, why. most people I speak to don't know them. No. Sure. And I think that's so interesting. Yeah. And and I suppose, look, in that, so 2010 was a real topsy-turvy year for me, if we can go back 11 short years, whereby... Mm-hmm. I was still with my childhood sweetheart and married and she'd started an nefarious affair and hadn't told me about it and I'd mourned this that. This would have been the perfect album. Yeah. It would have. Yeah. On reflection, <laughs> sure. This but is it, like such a so, breakup album as so, well. Yeah, well, exactly. I mean, and I'll go, well, interestingly, when I was watching, listening to this earlier, the next song on the, on the like the mix on Apple Music or whatever was um, Fake Plastic Trees <laughs> on Radiohead. And I was like, well, you know, this is like the Benz. Yeah. This yeah. has got a lot of the Benz on it, but even more dour. So um, I, I missed certainly 2010 as a year um, and had never heard of them. I've heard, uh, sorry, I'd heard the name, but I couldn't give you a song at all. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So that was That's me. So I haven't seen them um, and hadn't heard a song done. So Liam. Yes. You've oh. heard of The National, <laughs> I there presume. We go. Yes. You probably own something by them or you've at least heard stuff by them. I oh. own every The National album. I've seen them multiple times. I own most of their stuff on vinyl and they're one of my favorite bands. Do you even have a record player? <laughs> yeah. No, oh, okay. It's boxed up somewhere. I said, do you use it? <laughs> no, moment, we're between houses, so it's boxed up somewhere. Oh, we sure. want to get a nice new one when we move to the new place. But yeah, we've got... Are you going to have a sound room in your new place? Like, are you going to have like, no, a music No, not really. Place? No, we'll try and maybe stand up the whole house, like put speakers all the way through it so you okay. can play it from any room okay. and stuff like that. Okay, sure. That's adorable. Yeah. So, <laughs> and envious. So how did you first hear of The National? So I'd heard of them from the album before this one. So Box- it was, was one of those things. Boxer, yep. So... Um, yeah, that would that had a lot of critical response as well. Everyone really loved that album. Um, the first two singles, "Mistaken for Strangers" and "Fake Empire," were everywhere. People were talking about them all the time. So mm-hmm. I listened to those. and I was like, "That's amazing! This is great!" And so I listened to that album. Had a similar thing of like, "Yeah, I like some of the songs, but not the whole album as a whole." And then this one came out, and I loved it, and I've stuck with them ever since. Nice. So yeah, so that was a good like like that cost me. Mm. I think. So you bought yeah, yeah, the yeah. you'd already bought Boxer as well. Yeah. So I had Boxer when this came out, and then Blood Buzz Ohio was on the radio. Did you buy this sight unseen? Yeah. No, because Blood Buzz Ohio was on the radio. And I was like, holy shit, that's amazing. These guys have still got, you know, what they, and yeah, bought it. But I would have bought it sight unseen. I bought bought all the rest of their albums sight unseen, except for what they put out on Spotify and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Even like the last three I haven't loved as much, Mm. but... It, when a new one comes out, I'm like, holy shit, this is going to be amazing. And there's always two or three songs on every album that's like, When did you first amazing. hear them? So the album before this, I think it was 2008. Boxer. Boxer, yeah. Boxer. So yeah. It was either 2008 or 2009, whenever that came out. 2007. Oh, 2007. So that's when I first heard them. You first heard them and just mm-hmm. went, I'm just, three years. I'm all in on I'm this one. into some mopey mm-hmm. boy rock. Mopey, mopey boy rock. It's, it's going to no, be great. Sorry, bastard. Sad bastard? Sad, Sad bastard. Sad bastard. Yeah. Bastard, bastard. All of them. Both of them. Sad bastards. Okay. Yeah. And, and George, come on Sorry, then. Sorry, we skipped. Yeah. Illuminate us. Um, I feel like I've known the National since the dawn of time <laughs> um, because um, they were ever so popular in the UK. Oh, can you imagine? They were headlining festivals mm-hmm. and all sorts. Um, so, yeah. And before this or about this time? Oh, way before this. Okay. Yeah, they're already like doing really quite well for themselves. Um, and like the National just have all, as far as I'm concerned, have probably existed since I was born. Um, uh, they and they could have, judging by the fact they're older than me, they could mm-hmm. have existed since I was born. Yep. Um, but I had one particular friend who was like um, besties with my ex-husband, um, who was like so obsessed that when it was like the Nationals can you mail them, the Nationals can you mail them, up until whatever they released in 2014, and I left the country, it was like we have to listen to the Nationals new album. Um, so uh, yeah, so from whenever he first got into them until I literally left the country. Um, <laughs> I fled the country. I had to <laughs> no, I fled yeah. until I fled. Um, I had listened to their entire back catalogue more than once at his apartment. So, yeah, so I've definitely heard of The National um, and I've definitely had this album in full, um, but I've never owned it. But, yeah. So were they 30-odd when they started or...? Now uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure exactly. No, no, they they. I think they're, they're in their 30s their for this album. Okay, yeah. okay. I feel better about that. Yeah, they're all in their mid to late. They're not like 30s now, and all of a sudden they're freaking making it and laughs. No. Yeah. So no. I've, have I still got time to make it? Yes. Yes. Yeah. 
they're they're a great example of if you you know don't worry if you're not a superstar musician by the time you're 18 because um, Matt Berninger, the lead singer, was in advertising, which is just mm. like what the hell? He wow. He he. I had a quote. Um, he told the Telegraph, "I was doing well in advertising, but once I entertained the thought that maybe I wouldn't ever have to go and sit in conference rooms with Mastercard to discuss web ads again, I couldn't shake it." And so that's a cool description. Yeah, mm. but it's just like what a nice graphic. Like, oh, okay. That guy. What was he doing in advertising? I cannot picture him in advertising. Like he'd just be sitting down the end of the corridor, like moping, sitting at his computer, doesn't want to talk to anyone. I like, don't want to advertise your shit. Yeah, I'm yeah, sad. I'm, yeah. like, why the fuck would I do it? Have anything to do with your stupid corporate nonsense? I'm going to write songs that are about my young daughter that make everybody sad. <laughs> it was it was very weird experience for me to find out, which I only found out today when I was doing my notes that he was in advertising before. Exactly. I didn't know well, what I hadn't thought about what he was in before, mm. but. They Advert- didn't make advertising it Advertising would have been at the bottom of the list. Well, I was going to say, if they didn't make it till their 30s, we're in our 30s. So, like, we've had a life up until now. Mm. So, yeah, like, yeah. like, if I released an album and something became famous, people would be like, oh, what were you doing? And I was like, oh, I was a corporate management consultant, <laughs> um, by the way. And I was working for myself and I was having such a good time. Uh, but, yes, fair enough. So, um, uh, we have a mixed bag of people that have or have not listened to The National before. Um, so um, Mixed you- is being very calm. You've got one guy who knew nothing and two virtual people super who fans. Knew everything, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> who knew everything. Who knew everything. But I, I never owned the stuff. Like, I'm just saying. Only because you didn't I have heard to. Stuff. Yeah, I didn't need to exactly. because I knew a dude called Mark. Thanks, Mark. <laughs> there um, you go. Fair enough. Oh, okay. he's been named. I mean, yeah. Okay, so um, we call it Mopey Bastard the Rock or whatever, um, and there's good reason. Bianca, why do we call it these things? Oh, it's just so sad. <laughs> oh, gosh. Where to start? Lyrics. Oh, it's just, it's pretty downbeat. There's all sorts of themes about anxiety the uncertainties it's like it's that middle period in life where you're out of your 20s you're going into your 30s and you're questioning who you are still where do you want to settle down yep. Yep. what is home and what does home <laughs> mean which is a yep, again. theme i really enjoy in the album i'm in the next decade there's now, three immigrants the same shit. three immigrants in this room right now <laughs> <laughs> so yeah fair enough so we're questioning where we belong yeah yeah okay yes. so uh, and so he captured that for you and I think so, to a degree. It's, I don't think, it's not until quite recently, having moved around to so many different cities now, that those themes in this album resonated with me. Mm-hmm. For me, this was a breakup album. So it came out when I was in my early 20s or something, like 20, 21. And I had just broken up with my first long-term boyfriend. It was December, and then the Brisbane floods happened. I was living in Brisbane okay. at the time in January. And I spent that whole time lying in bed, drinking wine and being sad and listening oh, to this album. Good choice. Oh, wow. Yeah. Life and it was... In bed, bedridden, huh? Bed. And, you and drinking wine in bed. Drinking wine in bed. Is that cool? I don't know if I've ever really done that. Past the time. Yeah. No, well, I mean, like, You've not done that? I don't think so. I've had a shower beer, beer shower, like regular beer shower. And even then I'm like, yeah, I don't really know. Like, yeah. I don't want to shower. It mixes two things that I like, but <laughs> not at the same time. So... Um, I'm intrigued. Drinking wine. I was just so sad white that I wine? couldn't bring myself to sit upwards, you know? Drinking wine in bed. <laughs> yeah, and it was white wine. Well, white, yeah, okay, yeah. white. So, wow. Sav Blanc or? I can't remember. Doesn't it was probably matter. a very cheap Chardonnay. Um, okay. I My palate wasn't refined at sure. 21, so. But Fair that was what you did. Okay, that's cool. It's what, sh- it's what I chose to do. I yeah. appreciate you sharing. That's a great yeah. story. And then these guys came well, along. You're like, thank you for the anthem yes. to match how I am currently feeling. 100%. Okay, that's yeah. awesome. 
special. It's like me and Matchbox Two. Because now. it literally yes. starts with a song called "Terrible oh. Love," <laughs> and you're oh. like, "Oh, is this oh. where we, this is where we're literally? bloody starting? You've not <laughs> yeah. even eased me in yet. No. There's no lubrication. No. We're starting with <laughs> "Terrible Love." Okay, Nothing. fair enough. And it's so really the, haunting. Because what's the opening lyric to the album? Oh. I can't remember. I haven't got the opening lyric. The terrible so, love when I'm walking with spiders. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Literally, what what literally is that? The opening line to terrible yeah. love and I'm like sets the tone right for that. Do not look to this band for a happy song. This is not a happy. This is not band. a happy time. But you know what? In all the interviews I read, they said, "Okay, we released Boxer, and what we're gonna do? We're gonna set out to make a happy, upbeat record, and then they released <laughs> High Violet. Wow. This is them happy. That, like, okay. <laughs> this is because then I'm looking up. I've done this in the past, looking at Matt Bernard and like, oh, he must have been, you know, married and broken up with so many times. He's like, no, he's been married once. He lives with, a, works with the love of his life. They've got kids. He's had what you, a lot of people would describe as the perfect life on mm. that side, but he's just able to tap into the emotions of stuff that's happened to him in the past. But so when this Lucky album came out, so there's a song on there about, <laughs> there's a song on there about um, his kid and how Which terrified. Which one's about his kid? Um, um, anyone uh, afraid of everyone? Afraid, afraid of everyone. Yeah. String oh, and wow. what have I written there? <laughs> Damn it! And so as discussed, so this is why we type our notes. Yeah. Yeah. String and ooze. Yeah, there's lots of ooze. But yeah, it's literally about his fears about being a new parent mm. and like looking at the kid and like, now I want to protect you from everybody, but being protecting you from everybody is being overprotective and I need to try and let you live your life and you know I want to try and hurt people who hurt you but I'm not the kind of person who hurts people and it's all this stuff that's in his head at the same time and yeah but he literally says the words then I'm radio then I'm television I'm afraid of everyone I'm afraid of everyone so that mm-hmm. to me was like, uh, I'm famous now. Like, holy shit, I'm afraid of being around people. But if you're talking about the fact that this is to do with kids, he also has a chorus of, I don't have the drugs to sort it out. So mm. and that's quite pleading and lovely um, and relatable. But uh, like, I wouldn't ever think of looking down at a baby and just going, I don't have the drugs to fix this. Yeah. Well, to me, that was a line yeah, where I, like, know, I, can, I can't that. rely on my previous vices to help get me through my oh, anxieties okay. now that I have this child. Because he talks about... Okay, you're kid. way better explaining it. I do have a English literature degree, so... <laughs> There you go. That wasn't in your bio. Yeah. Because he does say, with my, Share that now. with my kid on my shoulders, I try not to hurt anybody I like. Hmm. So he's like, now that I'm a, a kid, now that I've got the kid, I'm trying, you know, I can't do the things in the past where I could be reckless with other people's yeah. emotions and their feelings. You can't be self-destructive anymore. Yeah, I can't do yeah. that. I've got to be there for this person. And it's just really great. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, yeah, so he, it starts really softly as well. And it does some of the lines. And then there's like this low throwing bass drum that kicks in. The mm. drum work on this album oh, is amazing. Oh, the drums on the outro of this song mm-hmm. are just yeah. incredible. Just the whole, and like the whole album is with the drumming is really yeah. good. But yeah, on this song, just like that, the throbbing bass drum kicks in. And then the, the, the guitar line, that's just really stabbing. So I think with this band, you could, there's, you could, he's got such a great voice. You could almost be tempted to just coast on the fact that he's got a really mm. great voice. Yeah, 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 he could. But, but they're not. Is... They're all amazing musicians in their own right, doing their own amazing things as well. But is this really is cool. the one that Safan Stevens was influenced. He did coordinated the backing vocals mm-hmm. um, and did all those angelic ahs and stuff in the yep. background the um, throughout the song. Um, so that, to me, it was just like, oh, that was a heavy influence from someone like Safian Stevens mm-hmm. um, but only for one song just came in and went oh yeah. 
here we are. I'm going to do this thing and then I'm going to pop off and <laughs> I've done everything I was supposed to. Yeah. Um, but, I, but I really thought it was quite beautiful. So that was really good. And like, there's a lot of um, repetitive like vocal mm. couplets in this in mm. like across the album yeah. so he does do a lot of those like i'm gonna say a line say a line say a line say a line i'm gonna repeat 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 i'm gonna move on and then i'm gonna have a moment where i'm gonna say something completely different and then i'm gonna come bring you back to me that that reinforces the anxiety of the album that underlying mm-hmm. the whole album to me it, you're pacing back and forth you know there's a lot of these um hi-hats that are just like yeah and to me the whole album just has this really anxious unsettled feeling and i see that in the repetitive lyrics of just like you're you're trying to figure it out you're trying to work it out you're going around in circles over and over again for you and your wine in a bed exactly so what song stood out for you bianca um, well, on that note, Sorrow, which is the second oh. track, definitely stood out for me. The double but tick from Granty. Oh, no, it's got the double tick. You think you might be low after Terrible <laughs> <Yeah>. Life. <laughs> then we go like, into Sorrow. It's going to go up from here, right? Oh, no. No, but it's called Sorrow. It's got yeah. like double quick tempo. Yeah. yeah. Like, and then well, the vocals are like, nah. Sorry. Then the I don't want to get over you. I don't want to get over you. Yeah. I don't want to get... And then he said in the second verse, I think it's in the second verse... Don't leave my heart for heart alone On the water Cover me in rag and bone Sympathy Cause I don't want to get over you uh, mm-hmm. Fine, yeah. alright yeah. Like, he's, like, for somebody that's apparently happily married with kids Yeah, this... <laughs> When I found out he was happily married with kids when he wrote this album, I was like, I don't understand how you could tap into a well and stuff like that. <laughs> well, that, yeah. you, that he must have felt at some stage, yeah. but he hasn't felt it for long enough at this stage that he's, yeah, the, the iconography in the, in the lyrics is amazing. I have um, the notes um, like partway through this song, Sorry. By now, you realise this isn't a cheerful album. <laughs> um, but this is where Marla Hansen comes in with the vac- backing vocals and it's like that really well-needed like femininity because mm-hmm. I think the album could be too masculine yep. without it. Mm-hmm. And I think it, um, yeah, I think the it strings needs... and horns help with that as oh, well. The strings and horns yeah. definitely help. Well, like well that's why there's twenty. Yeah. Like that's the why there's twenty six people who are not like who have been put yeah. down between like the trombone and sax and cello and all sorts. Um, but yeah, so I was like, yeah, this is not a cheerful album, which I remember. Well, I appreciate you yeah. saying this because <laughs> I thought it might like am I? Oh, <laughs> so what do you think of those lyrics? Cover me in rag and bone sympathy, like. Who, to- who talks like that? Yeah. I think he sometimes, yeah, he, I feel like sometimes he does like rant. He'll figure out some of the words and mm. then he'll figure out words that fit into the place, but they won't necessarily like, he's not random, but they won't necessarily have the, the deeper meaning as what they have. Yeah. Like he's, <laughs> he's found a vocal pattern that he likes and he sticks with it. This is true. But in, speaking of women as well, he does on their, I think less so on their earlier albums, but these days they get lots of women guests to come in to do backing vocals. So Phoebe Bridges, few other people in that sort of space who do come in to sort of yeah soften that sound out a little bit that's good because otherwise it could be a bit of a cock fest yeah a bit of a sausage fest <laughs> of, of dudes sitting around feeling their feelings morbidly yeah. let's, oh. let's, 
Let's be clear. <laughs> so, Bianca, have you seen them live? Yes, I have. Nice. But <laughs> I have only seen them once. Okay. And I've had many opportunities to see them. I saw them at a... I was still living in Brisbane at the time. It was in 2011. It was a festival called Sunset Sounds, mm-hmm. which Liam oh, will yes. probably remember. That's where I saw... That's one of the times I saw yeah. them. Yeah. Um, the festival does not exist oh. anymore. That might have been one of their last years. I yeah, I think remember. so. Yeah, they only was lasted for two or three years. Dance, no, down the at Botanic Gardens, Gardens in oh, River okay. Sage. Yeah. Okay. yeah, Um, it was the week before the floods, so it was pissing So you were full of morning still. You were you, like you were in. Well, timing was perfect yes, with us. Yes, but I had sort of started seeing somebody new, but it was a beginning of a Fresh. very tumultuous relationship. Oh, so you went out of one into another. Yes. Oh, bad choice. Um, <laughs> we've all been yes oh, well, it can happen <laughs> so it was pouring down rain and just seeing this band in my like hyper emotional state sure playing these songs and all I remember is they closed with terrible love and as soon as they come with that it takes an ocean not to break yes. it, that's, the, that's, the skies that exactly opened and it poured yeah. and really? yeah. poured and poured oh the poetry yeah. of the world and you yeah. know Matt ran out yeah. into the audience yeah. and it was just this such a rock and roll moment mm. That's awesome. Like, yeah, and you were weeping, no doubt. I don't think I was weeping, but I was pretty close to weeping. <laughs> sure. I think and that's got a really nice fuzzy outro of that song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, and and the live version of it is just incredible. Yeah. So much energy into yeah. it. It's got a build. Mm. Oh. Yeah. Really but, cool. but it's yeah. like I'm I'm a massive fan of like fuzzy effects and mm-hmm. like um my favorite uh, guitar pedal is the big muff. Oh yes, yes. So, um, <laughs> yes, exactly. Or I also have the big muff pie, but uh, I use my bass. Uh, but mm. yeah, so that's around. So Liam, yes. you've seen them multiple times. I think five or maybe six times. Yeah, that's so many I was at that same times. Show. Um, seen them. I think they played Harvest Festival, which was a similar festival mm. in Tegan. Oh, maybe in the I summer. saw them there as well. I can't quite. One of those I always two get Harvest the one, and Sunset. Sounds yeah, confused. they're all in the sort of same yeah. thing um seen them play river stage a couple of times as a headliner and then one year they came out to headline one of the days of blues fest so i went down and saw just because they were playing day trip yeah just did a day trip down just for that one day because i knew they were headlining and wow. they're amazing and awesome so has it always been at festivals no so the no, river stage oh, that's them playing oh, yeah. okay so lovely he is like the ultimate introvert he does not like being on stage he grasps the guitar the microphone really close Closes his eyes. Everything he sings straight into the mic really, really close. He doesn't want to look Closes at people. Closes his eyes. Yeah. He used to get really drunk before shows yeah. as well mm-hmm. to deal with the anxiety of being in front of people. Sometimes at the end of a song, if there's a big musical part at the end of it, he will literally run off stage until or the like start of the... turn his back. Yeah, until the start of the next song and he'll come back out again. So you're like this guy who just feels this thing within him and he can't... He doesn't like being looked at and people doing stuff. Wow. Except a couple of times a set... Where he just like, fuck it, I'm here for a rock and roll moment. And he will <laughs> just wait out. out into the crowd. So he has like a really long guitar mic, a microphone cord. Yeah. And he will just wait out into the crowd and sing a song from out in the crowd because they love him so much. And he's like, well, so he's like this ultimate Do you reckon guy it's his battle? Like it's like, yeah, he, and yeah. he says, I'm going to do it like once mm-hmm. each show. Like that's yeah, me. Couple, like one, once or yeah. twice he'll get really, yeah, he'll just be like, go. I don't like being up here, but fuck it, let's have a rock yeah. moment. I'll go out there and wait out into it. It's really wow, good. Right? And then watching all of them do their thing, especially the drum work is just like, that's where you realize just how great the drummer is, is just seeing him do it live. Nice. But yeah, they've always put on an awesome show. So Liam, songs yes. for you then. Come um, on. 
Well, jump we'll, in. We will jump right to the second last song for what might be one of my all-time favourite songs. England. England. Oh, is that for me? <laughs> yeah, just yeah, for you, I just George. thought of George. Just yeah. for you, George. Yeah. One of, I nominated it as one of my all-time favourites. Is that because you George. want to put an ocean and a river between everybody <laughs> else, between everything, yourself and home? Yes, exactly. Okay. So just that piano at the start, mm. I just like I drift off into the song. Every, like just those first three notes, I'm just like, no, nah, I'm all in. This is going to be great. So like there's the piano, then the gentle guitar licks, and then there's the orchestral sweep starts coming in. And then, so it's about the end of a relationship and it's about they're at home waiting for you and you know that if you're going to go home, you'll probably have a fight and it'll be the end. So fuck it, I'm just going to stay out and party with people who are just out here partying and I'm going to set self-destructive behavior stuff before that we talked about. But yeah, so he talks about... Um, Famous things has never come through England that idea of like the cross-cultural stuff as well like he just yeah and then at the end that really big build up so this is my favorite song live when they play as well because it's wow. really soft at the start mm. and then it builds up and builds up and at the end when he's singing afraid of the house stay the night with the sinners on the live version he ends up screaming it like just absolutely belting it into the microphone it's just a really cool moment so we've got both aaron and bryce brothers and mm-hmm. um, play guitar and piano and keyboards yep so which of them plays piano the most because they're stuck. twins, so I always get yeah, them mixed who, up. Yeah, who can tell? I don't even think they know who knows <laughs> who plays They don't even know. Yeah, because I literally, for England... I want to say it's Bryce, because it, was it Bryce who then went on to produce Taylor Swift's Folklore? Yes. Yeah, I was yeah. going to ask about that. Yeah. Um, so, um... Because uh, for England, I wrote piano, exclamation mark. Yeah. That's uh, my comments. <laughs> and um, the trumpet, so, so that's the other thing they always do live as well. They always have the full brass section behind them doing yeah. all the stuff live, which is so cool. Because they have full band, full instruments, harmonies mm-hmm. and everything going on um, stuff for England. Um, and it's it feels like it's already being performed in an auditorium. Mm. Like it, like that song already feels like. Mm. But, but this is their fifth album, so they, they know what they're doing. Yeah. Um, which is fair. Um, but like he's missing her. She's disappeared probably to London. He's guessing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and like he's like, it's called England. You're probably in London. Um, and harking to her. It's got a really big outro. And mm. so, yeah, I think that's what you're talking about. Like. Yeah. And it's the longest song on the album at yep. 5 minutes 40 as well. So not by much, but... It never yeah. feels that long to me. Like, it yeah. always just feels like a four cent, like not, a, you know, 90 seconds or anything, but it just feels like a regular length. And it's not till I actually look at it that I go, okay, that's but actually a really long... Got that really nice atmospheric, like, start mm-hmm. with the piano. Um, but the vocals sound like they've got a bit of reverb to them as mm-hmm. well. And um, when that comes in, which I really liked. So that was nice. Awesome. Cool. So you um, got a little bit excited over England. I got How about you, Bianca? In terms of England? Anyone. No, in terms in general. Oh, oh in general. I mean, this album. I'm here to say this album's yeah. flawless. So <laughs> yeah. I Every know song. you are. But Maybe otherwise... we should talk about Blood Bows Ohio, yeah. which is kind of like the standout single. Double yeah. tick. Lead off single. Mm. Double tick. Mm-hmm. So, so I have Sad and Sexy. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I don't know, just that, op- that lyric of 
stand up straight at the foot of your love, I lift my shirt up. Like, I don't know mm-hmm. what that means, yeah. but like, <laughs> it's, it's kind of hot. Yeah. <laughs> I also, yeah, I really liked. Oh, I never thought about love when I thought about home. Like, so it's like harking back to being from Ohio, but mm-hmm. it doesn't remember him anymore after his years in New York. Like, his love of, like, of Ohio, like, doesn't love him back. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I've given you up now. And it, that kind of, like, yeah, blood does Ohio makes perfect sense. Um, but yeah, I, I think my sexy are deep and passionate, mm. <laughs> like, as far as the song goes. But it's got drums and some kind of feedback. And then that really old-fashioned vocal drop-in, mm. like the way that song plays out. And and the the, the graphic of what carried to Ohio in a swarm of bees. Mm. Like, yep. Jeez, bro. There is nothing like being in a crowd of three thousand people all singing that song, hey. that lyric, because no one knows what it means. Yeah. <laughs> and and the, I never married, but Ohio don't remember me. That doesn't like no one knows what that means. But there's three thousand people all singing it together, yeah. like. You know, normally people sing along to the songs that are really emotional and that mean mm. a lot to them. And this song can't, you know, we can't have that connection because no. the lyrics are random and all over the place, but it's still just everyone knows it so well and it was the lead-off single that everybody loves it so much. And they mm-hmm. have a, a powerful outro. Again, they they really do play on, like, having awesome outros mm-hmm. because in Afraid of Everyone, they've got 30 seconds of just instrumental outro. And so, like, I'm like, again, in Little Faith, there's a board up until the last 30 seconds and then it, drops off so it's like they know how to play the game mm. like, yeah the structure of these the songs is so yeah. considered yeah. and yeah. if you know their previous two albums where i think i've mentioned on twitter to you before that it's kind of like this bricolage of snippets that they're just pieced together and mm. they don't necessarily fit but it kind of works whereas in high violet they've mastered their songwriting like they know how to do a song front to end mm. you know They've got little random middle bits and different outros and stuff, but they've worked out how to connect the pieces. Mm. And that's what's it? I still owe money to the money, to the money I owe. Mm. I'm like, geez, but so, yeah. <laughs> this guy's got problems. Though. I'm like, yeah. I, I thought that was well. A... He did, yeah. and he's yeah. talking about them, but no. he doesn't have them now. It's just One he's hopes. channeling. He's either channeling his own previous problems, or he is going to like talking about somebody else's story, mm. um, I guess, mm. since it sounds like he's living quite a happy Larry life and uh, just going, oh, but do you know what would make this better? If I sang the saddest song. Oh. <laughs> like, maybe that would make my life even on better. On and on and on. Yeah. If I could create an entire back catalogue of really sad songs, that would improve my life. And clearly it has because they're doing quite well. There's a, um, there's a song on one of their, not the one after this, but I think the one after that, that is like a three-minute pop song, pop rock song, mm. and it is so weird. It's just like just like proper riffs, just really straight up, way more yeah. straightforward. And it's like I I love it. It's my favorite song on the album, but I just it just makes me feel like what you guys just went way out of what <laughs> people expect you to yes. do. It just and like, you still nailed it. It's great. Maybe they were on amphetamines of some yeah. description. <laughs> just just mean, Let's just write a song about not being miserable. Yeah. Yeah. Have you thought about George. that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, here we are. And George. we've recorded it. Any other songs that you really liked and grabbed your attention? Um, oh, man. So um, I like Runaway because it has this acoustic guitar picking yeah. over the drums mm. and then the vocals drop in. Um, the melody tricks you into sounding optimistic. Mm. Um, <laughs> and then it says he sings the words. We don't bleed when we don't 
And there are strings underlying the melody. There's a cello or a double bass yeah. or something. Yeah. Yeah. Horns joining. <laughs> There's a rich, full sound, but it's still a simple song. This I think one, it's the simplest one, one on yeah, the album. Yeah, this one's yeah. a softer number compared yeah. to all the other ones. And it's five and a half minutes, but yeah. it doesn't feel like a five no. and a half minute song. But yeah. it's like, it's yeah, at the beginning, if you heard that song um, at first without hearing anything else, and you'd be like, ooh, this will be nice. Yeah. <laughs> and then you go, oh, less nice. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. Um, so that's, yeah, just about like being a runaway or running away and just having that kind of life or whatever. Yeah, to um, me, it's a bit of a, he's in a relationship and it's fine, but it's nothing special. And he kind of wants to break up, but he doesn't want to be that person to, you know, start the battle and mm. be like, all right, let's get into this. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't want to be the person to let her down. Yeah. And he, he won't leave because he's like, I don't want people to call me the runaway. I don't, I, yeah. you know, I'll stay and be, even though it's probably worse. And uh, that actually, it, following that is Conversation mm. 16, mm-hmm. which mm. sounds almost new wave to begin with. Yeah. So the drums, synthy sounds, vocals, bassy fuzz, um, and it's got lyrics. We belong in a movie. Try to hold it together till our friends are gone. We should swim in a fountain. Do not want to disappoint anyone. Almost like a fun runaway song from the dramas of being at home. Mm. But then it's got this orchestral influence, backing vocals, and that actually made it feel full and sweet. And um, with dancey drumming <laughs> underneath it. And then, as dancey as you get on this album. Yeah, yeah as far as you go. And then there's a nice outro for the chorus, like a vocal outro oh. for the chorus. So, What did you guys think of that outro? I really liked the Conversation 16 track and the, I really enjoyed the vocal outro of that chorus. Mm. And that's like over four minutes, but um, it, yeah, it just felt like a really pretty, like as far as they go, poppy song but like you know by their standards <laughs> which is fun what did you think of the outro well w- placing it in this whole context of the lyrics of um i was afraid i'd eat your brains because i'm evil yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah I, evil. that confused me for so long and i spent a long time not really wondering how knowing how i felt about those lyrics because i was like oh they're a bit weird and it's a mm. bit kind of obvious without actually meaning anything but i think i've kind of sunk into it of just harking back to that idea of self-destruction and him picturing himself as some you know movie monster that Mm -hmm. is going to ruin somebody's life yeah so it's definitely grown on me for that fair that's fair grant did you have anything you want to touch on i think we've spoken about afraid of everyone already Mm -hmm. Uh, really that one got my double ticks with the strings and the use um (laughs) and yeah that I wrote down a lot of lyrics across, I suppose, all of them. But um, so yeah, I think that's that's me. I'm alright. Mm-hmm. So how Thank about you. this um, uh, outro? Last song. Yeah, mm. Vandalile Crybaby. I'll explain geeks. everything to the geeks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so all good. So good. Yeah, I'm yeah. Not there we go. All the very best of us string ourselves up for love. That's amazing. Yeah. The, I love that one. I love that lyric. All the very best of us string ourselves up for love, and it's repeated, and it's perfect perfectly placed so now and then all their live shows for that they play this song last and they turn off all the so it's just 
they stand up on stage. No lights or... Just the acoustic guitar playing into a mic. So they pull the guitar up, play it into a mic, and the rest of them all just do the backing vocals and he does the singing. And this is one of the ones where he plows out into the stage and stands up on the barrier and gets people to hold him up while he's singing. Mm-hmm. But then not like probably 70% of the song, they don't sing. They just let the crowd sing. So the, wow. so the crowd sings mm. the whole song. This is that other one where it's like... I'm getting shivers just yeah. thinking about it, you know? Um, once again, nothing crazier than a crowd like, I'll explain everything to the geeks. Like 3,000 people singing that line. It doesn't mean anything. It's so weird. But it's just everyone just gets in on the emotion of the song. And yeah, they, they have like the violin and stuff in the background. But other than that, it's just like usually by this stage, there's like 10 of them. So it's all the brass and everything just standing in a line one acoustic guitar and it's yeah that's how they've closed like the last three times i've seen them so i think it's like a permanent thing now because this song opens and closes on strings yeah mm-hmm. um, but so do they open on strings and then pair it back and then no close so, it's, on... so it's paired back right from the start and but there's just a little bit of the string behind as it as an well. encore or as their final song um as their actual <laughs> final song of the encore oh okay yeah that would make sense. So it's just because you, you, yeah, especially the way they pair it back, there's nothing you can do after it. Mm-hmm. It's just, that's the last thing. And then everyone screams all the way through it because it's amazing. So the, all the YouTube videos, check them out because they okay. they play it, especially like the Sydney Opera House one. Yeah. They've got that up in full on this, on the YouTube. Awesome. So awesome. everyone can check it out. But it's a, yeah, I love the last song. Oh, so does anyone have anything they want to touch on before we head over to Bianca for her final pitch of the national? Um, one other one, I did love Anyone's Ghost as well. Mm-hmm. Um, about that idea of like the end of a relationship, he's singing like, didn't want to be your ghost, didn't want to be anyone's ghost. Yeah. So he doesn't want to be hanging around and haunting somebody. He doesn't want to be the person that's always like chasing after them as they leave. But he also doesn't want to, I don't want anyone else. So it's like, I'm stuck here because I, I can't move on to somebody else, but I don't want to be the person that's hanging around you wanting you when we're done. I love that really cool. she's avoiding him and he finds out that um, like the lyrics. Go out at night with your headphones on again. Walk through the Manhattan Valley's the dead. And it was like, mm. rather than spend time with him, she would rather just fuck off on her own outside. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, but like, I don't want to be with anyone else, but. I want to be with you, but you don't want to be with me. But yeah. I shouldn't be with you. And it was like, again, like a really complex situation. But if he's been happily married for a long time, yeah. she's... Uh, it's so complex. This, These are complex individuals. Yeah, yeah because like he, they've not been in Manhattan for the whole time. So like, are there yeah. some things there that we should know? Like, he just, I think he just taps into stuff that he used to feel. Or once again, you know, you could sub Manhattan for something else, but yeah, he just sort of that's what he thinks of New York as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I think you, it's also imagined anxieties. Like, mm-hmm. even though you know, we don't know the intricacies of his relationship yeah. and how good or of bad course. it has been over good time. Mm-hmm. That maybe they had rocky periods when you know the band was starting off and he was away on tour and just the anxieties of being like, I'm leaving my family mm. for this unknown amount of time. And I don't know what's happening back home. Mm, yeah, that's true. Actually, when I was going on tour with my band back in the UK, um, my partner was living in Australia and he didn't understand punk DIY ethos. <laughs> um, so I was like, okay, so the whole like premise of this is we drive to a place we play we set up we play our gig we take our shit down and then we go and sleep on someone's sofa or on the floor and then we do it again tomorrow and then we get up in the morning we drive and then we go and do it again and that's and and we do that for a couple of weeks and we drive all around the different cities of the uk and he was like look 
I've met your bandmates. <laughs> You're going to go and share a room with them at night. I'm like, have you Fair met much. people after a gig? Like, do, do you think we want to go near each other? Like, <laughs> oh my God. And he was like, can I book you all hotels? Like, can I book you a hotel for the night? And I'm like, it's not really how punk works, love. <laughs> That's um, one way to cause a rift in the band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, Drive a wedge. <laughs> sorry, darlings. Like, sorry, dudes in the band, yeah. but I'm off to go and sleep in a cheap my hotel. My partner has bought me a hotel. <laughs> absolutely and it took him a while for him to really adjust to the fact of like me being on tour mm. even though that like, we were in separate countries anyway like yeah. me being on tour with dudes that i had nothing to do with um was like really controversial and like confronting for him so i guess if you are a touring band and you've got somebody at home yeah you're like what's going on at home so hopefully you are Hopefully you're thinking about what's going on at home and not just yes. like, well, I'm off on tour. Your problems are your problems for a yeah, few Yeah, right. There's entire, like, there's entire albums like by like the Get Up Kids just all about like talking to somebody through telephone. Like talking about, they talk about receivers. Do you remember when we used to have <laughs> phone calls like on actual like real phones? Um, yeah, so it's just, you know, it's, it's fair to have that anxiety. So mm. um, if he's on that anxiety with her being in Manhattan, then fair play, like, People have it on the other side of the world. Yeah. So that's fine. Cool. Um, that's cool. So I guess we're up to the point of, do you have a final pitch? You bet I do. Bianca. <laughs> All right. So for me, High Violet is a clear progression from Alligator, Boxer, High Violet. I don't really consider the previous two albums. They're fine. But to me, the band really started to grow from Alligator, Boxer, High Violet. And I feel like this album's their most mature sound. Previously, all of those albums had really great ideas, but they were still figuring out how to put it together. So High Violet is where the songwriting and production finally fell into place. Each instrument is considered, and they all play these really separate parts doing exquisite and amazing things, but nothing overshadows anything else. Everything is in its right place. Little Radiohead reference for you, Grant. (laughs) (laughs) Um, She's a sweet The drums are highlighted at the right moments, guitar riffs come in to the forefront also at the right moments there's you know again no guitar solos it's everything has their moment but doesn't overshadow anything else there are strings there are horns none of it feels unnatural or overdone it adds to this cinematic feeling matt berninger's voice is just like honey dripping through my stereo the lyrics highly relatable no matter what context, breakup context, feeling mid-30s, not sure what I'm doing with my life context, where's home, who am I, what am I doing? This album stuck with me for the last 11 years and it's going to keep sticking with me. Wow. Awesome. There you, there go. you go. Okay, take that well, one. let's take it over to the fanboy over there. Oh, <laughs> Just, uh, the fanboy. Fanboy Five Liam. Them. Sorry, yeah. six times, two Fan- hands. Yeah, two like, hands. Yeah, so yeah. Mr. Liam, yeah. Um, on this particular album, High Violet, uh, if, were the National ever a band that you were going to nominate? Oh, good question. We could have just gone to the Google Drive, but was this so, on your list? Do you want me to tell you if it's on my list? Yes. Yeah. So it's on your if, list? If you guys had checked the shortlist once <laughs> after oh. being nominated, you would have seen this was on my shortlist. Oh, I forgot to check the Drew yeah. Drive. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's so I'm just going to jump to the end there and go, yeah, this is an album that I absolutely find flawless. And I would have nominated it myself, except 
ages ago when Bianca and I first started talking about her coming on, she's like, I'd love to do the national. I was like, cool. I will not have to do that. I'll just wait for Bianca to come on and do it as well. And I'll get to talk. So about you didn't it. actually expressly tell Bianca that you were going to nominate. No. Oh, damn no. it. Okay. No, so no. You're not I, wasn't, I wasn't leading. No, no. It's a fair <laughs> assumption. I oh. came in expecting a flawless. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I agree with everything that Bianca just said. I think it's also their most accessible, <laughs> their most accessible album. Like yeah. it's the easiest one to listen to. The other ones do have a bit of like a haunting stuff. The next album after this, they actually went back a step in terms of accessibility. And I found that really jarring. I was like, I really want you guys to still sound like High Violet. But the other thing that I also flag is that when they still play their shows now, they still play most of the songs off High Violet. So even their new albums, they're still okay. playing, you know, whatever they've just released, they'll play a lot of. But everything else, it'll usually be two songs, except for this album, which is just they play like most of it every time. So I think they know they struck gold. I think they struck gold and it's absolutely flawless for me. I love it. <laughs> you said something interesting there. So it, it, it gets more haunting, the previous and post albums. Not, like, not, not haunting. I guess more like a bit disjointed. Like it's okay, not, okay, not as easy. Okay. Like it takes a few more listens to... I think I love this album from the first listen. I was like, yeah, the melodies and the rhythms and how everything was working together. I grabbed it right away. Some of the other albums can be a little bit more resistant. You've got to really listen to it and try and get into it. Awesome. So yeah, so thumbs applause, up from me. Thumbs up from you before, <laughs> oh, before she even showed up. I was, wondering if I, could, <laughs> I was wondering if I should you tell notes? you guys in the group chat that I was... Nah, I like Maybe this. you should look at the shortlist, guys. <laughs> nah, just drop, <laughs> drop the bomb. That's awesome. Drop the bomb. Yeah. So well, now you have to pass over to Mr. Grant and to find out your final thoughts and whether you think it's flawless or not. Jeez, eh? the national... What? Half violent. violent. It is not a happy album, guys. Yeah. No. <laughs> like, have you noticed? It's fundamentally... Jeez, it is so somber and so good. Um, good because I suppose I can imagine your description of being, you know, sad and melancholy and bloody relationships and I'm going to lie in a bed and drink wine for a week or whatever is an awesome, awesome description. And um, I suppose because I'm not like that, I, I struggled Whilst I enjoyed listening to it, I struggled to listen to it because I'm like, wow, man, I'm on. This gets me down, man. (laughs) I appreciate the awesome voices and great, I mean, strings. I love the strings. I love the strings. Well, you're a violinist. Um, I have been in the past. Yes, I have. Um, And I've got to go with both of you. It's flawless. Sure. Take it. Absolutely. I don't like it. I'm not happy about it. (laughs) Okay. And and I I, I wouldn't. um, And that's fine. But it's. It really is a really, really good album, and thank you for bringing it. Um, you can totally see why you would have, um, why you listened to it, and I've got double ticks, you know, sprinkled through there. Um, it's good. just dour, though. Yeah. Like, <laughs> all right, Oaks. If you like Grind, um, it can be a flawless album that you never listen to again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's completely and fine. that's fine, exactly. Yeah. Um, and it's really like I was like I left home and I was like, shit, M. Like I'm walking out, they're both flawless in my mind. Um, So thank you very much for bringing it. Um, It really, it's good, but wow, not my cup of tea, huh? (laughs) Not every day. Like if I have something bad, if I have some bad events, sure, I'm going to put that on. I can play it cover to cover. Yeah. So thank you for bringing it, Bianca. George, Hello. final thoughts and a thumbs up go. or a thumbs down. Final no pressure thoughts. though. Oh, okay. Could she be swayed yeah. if she was one way or another? <laughs> Could I be swayed? Yeah, this is true. So I um, came into this with, oh, Bianca, why? <laughs> like, why? Why the yeah. national? I was like, why pick such a miserable band? She's such a cheerful person. <laughs> and I was like, why would you bring such something, like, as you say, dour? Like, oh 
girl band. Um, when I am in quite a good place in my yeah. life, <laughs> yeah. Like I'm, I'm like I have profound mental health problems, and yet I'm fucking cheerful compared to this guy. Yeah. Like, um, like you know, I can at least see rainbows in the distance, and everything's going to be fine and full of sunshine. But I was like, no, fine. I'm, and I also had the fact that um, it was tainted by my ex-husband's mm. best mate who was obsessed with the national and made me listen to everything sure. they ever fucking did until <laughs> I left the country. So um, I came into it with the mindset of I am not going to enjoy this. And so the first time I listened to it, I was just like, give it over. I get it. You're a miserable bastard. <laughs> um, and can you move on now? Yeah. And then I actually listened to it properly. And I was like, okay, well, I really like the guitars. Fine. <laughs> and then Begrudgingly. Now I listened yeah. to it again. I was just like, well, the drums are great. Fine. And then I listened to it again. And I was just like, well, the bass is really well placed in this song. Yeah, we um, didn't even talk about the bass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, Absolutely really beautiful. So, um, yeah. And I love bass. And so, so um, Scott, you are a fantastic bassist. And then I was like, okay, this isn't about me and my attachment to <laughs> my previous life. Significant attachment. It's it about whether I think it's a flawless record or not. So, will I consciously listen to it ever again? No, I will not. But can I find fault in this album from start to finish for the product that it is, um, which is um, a relatively cheerful musical that sound with the most melancholy, miserable fucking lyrics and singing <laughs> over the top, I'm just like, actually, what they've set out to do is exactly correct. And so from my perspective, yes, it's a flawless album. <laughs> no way. But wow. don't expect me to listen to it again unless my partner leaves you. me. It's all right. <laughs> there you go. I'll if, listen, we'll listen to it enough for both of you. Absolutely. <laughs> That's fine. Like, I am too cheerful. Um, so if I, if, exactly. I, if me and my fiancé break up, then I'm going to... You know where you're going. I'm going to lie in bed yes. drinking yeah. wine, mm-hmm. and this is the life I'm going to lead. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to be that girl. I'm going to yeah. drink wine in bed listening to this album, just going, yeah, yeah. life does indeed suck. Yeah. Thank you, middle-aged man, yeah. for singing yes. it for And me. I'm going to Ohio <laughs> on a swarm of bees. I don't even know what it means, but I'm going to sing it. Absolutely. So um, Bianca's done a thing which many people do not do. Oh. And that is, she has managed to bring... <laughs> made my day. Wow. A flawless... I hope it's made your fucking mother, yeah. young lady. I've never done it. We've we made them very sad, so... Yeah, Grant still hasn't done this moment. So, yeah. Um, yeah. It's only been three and a half years, so... Right, so... Um, swan in and Bian- drop it. Bianca swanned in with an album that... I have begrudgingly yep. said is a false album, mainly because I'm scared Liam will hurt me um, <laughs> after this. Um, but we have come to the end of our episode, and I want to thank everyone for listening in to Flawless. We have all of the social medias Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We are at Flawless AMP on all of them. So come join the conversation, share or like our post, just even tell a friend, because every little bit helps to find more music lovers like you. As we mentioned, we have a Patreon, which is in the show notes. And thank you again for listening. Without you, we wouldn't do it, right? And we will see you again next time. Mm